Hi, this is Perry Marshall. You're listening to a free, highly abridged version of Evolution 2.0, Breaking the Deadlock Between Darwin and Design. The full, unabridged version is available on Audible and Amazon. The Road to Code For most of my life, I suspected evolution might be a fraud. As commonly depicted, it felt like an insult to engineers, artists, and all hardworking creative people. But then, an argument with my brother, which you'll soon hear about, forced me to look deeper and question all my assumptions. I could not imagine how much more amazing the world was about to become. And my discoveries only served to confirm, truth really is stranger than fiction. One day I had a huge epiphany. I suddenly saw the striking similarity between DNA and computer software. This started a 10-year journey that led me down a long and winding road of research, controversy, and personal distress before I discovered a radical reinvention of evolution. DNA is code. And before you're even halfway through my story, you'll discover that this one simple fact, firmly established in the 1960s, not only forms the very bedrock of modern genetics, but holds sweeping implications for science, technology, and even religion. In the 21st century, we know about as much as codes as we know about anything else in science. Everyone who has a computer or sends text messages on their cell phone uses codes. Every major university in the world has a computer science department where you can take undergraduate and graduate programming classes and learn to design codes. We pay educated people handsome salaries to develop even better codes and help us store, process, and transmit data. We understand codes better than we understand gravity, the laws of thermodynamics, or quantum physics. No one knows how to create gravity, but millions of people know how to create code, including some of the wealthiest business people in the world. Everything we know from computer science provokes a huge question. How do you get a code without a coder? And, as you'll soon start asking, how can code write itself? These questions challenge the boundaries of science and religion. Show me the science. Secular science has no answer to these questions. They refuse to go away. Conversations about faith can bring these questions into sharp focus. Yet, our mass media pits science against faith and vice versa, as if the two are by necessity mutually exclusive. Not everyone believes this to be the case. In just a few pages, we'll dive into these questions, but first it's important to understand the spectrum of beliefs surrounding evolution and creation. Evolution has come quite far since Charles Darwin first rolled out his theories in 1859. Nevertheless, the matter of where do we come from and how did we get here is debated as hotly today as ever. Who are the most vocal players in this debate? Meet the extremes in the creation-evolution debate. Young Earth Creationist, a person who believes the universe was created by God in six literal 24-hour days. With its insistence on a series of creative miracles, creationism doesn't give empirical science a chance. Creationism rejects modern dating methods and large portions of geology, paleontology, and astronomy with the belief that the entire universe was made by God in six literal 24-hour days. In many circles, creationism has morphed into the position of intelligent design, or ID. ID, while recognizing many truths about biology that old-school Darwinism denies, ultimately abdicates its responsibility by jumping directly to God did it. At least in its most simple forms, 
ID halts scientific inquiry by dismissing too easily the possibility that God may have used a process to develop life on earth. Further investigation becomes impossible if a miraculous event cannot be reproduced in the lab. A great many biologists reject ID. They believe that genetic variation and natural selection, multiplied over billions and trillions of creatures, produce the appearance of design. A great many credentialed professionals insist there is no design at all, just random mutations and natural selection. Now, if the secular biologists are right, then the hand at the end of your arm only appears to be designed, but it's not designed at all, which means no God necessary. Many people feel that science has driven God to the fringes and is only steps away from eliminating religion and spirituality entirely. Footnote. Intelligent design has been accused of being nothing more than creationism in a cheap suit. But it's important to note that for many ID advocates, God has little to do with ID. There's an important distinction between ideers who believe in episodes of divine intervention and ideers who, often apart from religion, observe that mindless, materialistic processes simply fail to explain or adequately describe many aspects of living things. They may not have an answer for the origin of the design, they may or may not think it's divine, but to them, the question is secondary to the task of science itself. ID asserts that the same principles of design employed in architecture, computer science, manufacturing, and music are valid and necessary in science and biology. One need not care about theological questions to recognize that Darwinism fails to answer science questions as well. In the pages that come, I'll describe why, from an engineering and technology point of view, ID raises questions we cannot afford to ignore, because they are not only scientifically sound, but commercially valuable. This brings us to the opposite end of the divide, the neo-Darwinists. Neo-Darwinist, person who believes in the modern synthesis of evolution, building on the idea Charles Darwin expressed in his book On the Origin of Species in 1859, that life evolved through a purposeless process of random mutations and natural selection. Hardline Darwinism downplays the astonishing ingenuity of living things. In the modern synthesis, everything happens slowly and without plan. Darwinism invokes a long series of lucky breaks one could scarcely hope to reproduce in the lab. We just have to take someone's word about what really happened. Evolution can seem more like an unverifiable hypothesis in materialistic doctrine than a testable scientific theory. What the extremes have in common is insufficient empirical science, the kind that can be measured, analyzed, and assessed for evidence and accuracy in real time. Meanwhile, there are many ingenious experiments nobody hears about. Many thoughtful dialogues between religion and science, and so many shades of gray in the middle. Carefully considered views that get lost in the shouting matches between the creationists and the neo-Darwinists. As I distanced myself from the extremes, I found myself reading more scientific papers and fewer popular books and websites. Scientific papers undoubtedly have biases, but at least the authors have to present their data. That science is what this book is about. What you can expect from this book. This is not a religious book. If your number one frame of reference for questions about evolution is Genesis, Young Earth Creation, 
Old Earth Creation, the Bible, or Theology, please start by going to Appendix 2 right now, then return and continue. I've found many of my Christian, Jewish, and Muslim friends need to address specific religious questions first in order to become comfortable with the science that comes in the next few chapters. This is a science book provoked by my burning question. If blind evolutionary forces can produce eyes and hands and ears and millions of species, then why don't engineers use Darwinian evolution to design cars or write software? Why don't they teach Darwinism in engineering school? Evolution and natural selection, after all, were heralded as all-powerful to the point of having godlike qualities. If nature needs no engineers, a little evolution knowledge would surely be useful to us engineers who are stuck in cubicles designing cell phones. The answers took me by surprise. Rather than brushing aside ultimate questions, the new discoveries I was making only served to intensify and reframe ancient questions that lie at the boundary between science and religion. Where did life come from? Where do we get our ability to think and choose? In this book, you'll discover vital principles from the information sciences that neatly explain why, after over 150 years, Darwinism is still plagued with problems, never able to silence its critics, unlike other theories, like quantum mechanics and the Big Bang, which have quietly vindicated themselves. You'll discover that living things are more amazing, more adaptive, and more creative than most people dare to imagine. You'll also find that the creationists and ID advocates leave out vital parts of the story. Darwinists underestimate nature, and creationists underestimate God. If you care about science, and I think you do, or you wouldn't have picked up this book, then by the time you're finished reading, you will not be able to accept the explanation of happy chemical accidents as the source of life as put forth by well-publicized atheists. Who should read this book? If you're a person of faith, and you've been struggling to integrate scientific evidence with your core beliefs, this book is a great start. Not only will it resolve age-old tensions, you'll also literally see every green leaf and blade of grass in a new light. If you're interested in evolution for evolution's sake, if you simply love science and nature and exploring new things, you'll find much to feed your mind and fuel your imagination. And if you believe science is a practical endeavor, useful to you in whatever you do, if you're a programmer, an engineer, a medical professional, or a business manager, if you're a strategist of any kind in any profession, then this book will reframe what you already do. You'll be inspired and invigorated by the amazing engineering capabilities of the cell. Who should not read this book? If you're a staunch six-day creationist, if you hold a firm conviction that the universe is young and no other interpretation of ancient texts is permissible, if evolution seems an impossible hoax, then you will find this book threatening. If you're on the opposite end of the spectrum, if you're confident that the major operating principles of the universe are well understood and science exploration from here on out is just cleanup, if you're certain that reason, logic, and science relegated God to the dustbin decades or centuries ago, then the research I cite in this book will make you squirm too. I put my money where my mouth is. In this book, I offer a 2.0 version of evolution, a brand new paradigm for biology. 
I will show you that scientists create new species in the lab every day, and I'll show you how they do it. I'll demonstrate that to the extent science can prove anything, science proves design in DNA. In other words, I'll prove that both sides, the creationists and the Darwinists, are right. Yes, I know that's a strong statement, but in the coming pages I will back this up with hard science. This new paradigm is so important that I've organized a private investment group to fund a multi-million dollar technology prize, similar in some ways to the $10 million X prize that incentivized the world's first reusable commercial manned spacecraft. I am offering an award to the first person who can discover a process by which non-living things can create code. Before life can reproduce, and before evolution has any chance of occurring, there must first be a code. Currently, we have no evidence to suggest that the genetic code, or any code, can come into existence without intelligence. This prize highlights and seeks to fill a crucial gap in our present understanding of science. It speaks to the origin of life question and promises to unlock the secrets of true artificial intelligence. The details of this prize are found in Chapter 23 and Appendix 4. You can check the current status and cash value of the prize at www.naturalcode.org. Online Supplement Technology Prize as an Alternative to Traditional Research Funding is at CosmicFingerprints.com supplement. If this prize seems like a bold move, it is. I am a mortgage-holding, tax-paying American guy with a family to support, and I don't make a habit of wildly speculative ventures like this. But the questions this journey raised for me are too urgent to be ignored. Now, here's my story. <laughs> 